and feel so great until I saw the all right, welcome back to Straight from the Source. Michael Russo and Jeremy Rutherford, one of my closest friends, a uh, longtime colleague from the Athletic St. Louis, used to be the St. Louis Dispatch. Um, Jeremy, first of all, can you believe that I moved from Florida for this? This is nuts. You guys, yeah. this is nuts. Who, so, uh, is there, there's got to be people out here who enjoy this weather. Anybody enjoy this? Anybody? <laughs> we got a few hands there. Yeah, we were, we were talking. I was talking to a bunch of NHL people in the concierge lounge at the Marriott today, and we were talking about all the deer in the outfield. And I said, you know, half of me expects that somebody's going to just take out a... Yeah. And just shoot it right down to <laughs> there. I think it's real. They look real. You and I were at the uh, ballpark really late last night. Um, Winter Classic is today. And thanks, by the way, to Fulton for having us out here. Um <laughs> Good friend of mine, Nicole, actually made this happen. So uh, really cool that she reached out and that we were able to get this done with the athletic. I, th I just swear to God, I thought I saw Miko Koivu walk in, but <laughs> there's like twenty of them. Yeah. I think I mentioned I mentioned like uh, you know shooting somebody, and then I see Koivu. I almost ducked. So and um, so anyway, uh, the but like um, first of all, thanks for Fulton for making this happen. But you and I were at the ballpark really late last night, and man, it looks just spectacular. If you uh, cold weather aside. And Jeremy and I will be looking at all of you from the safe, warm confines of the press box. 72 degrees. Yeah. Uh, but it absolutely looks awesome. And when the lights go down tonight, it's just going to look absolutely spectacular. It really does. And I was at the Winter Classic in St. Louis in 2017. I thought they did a terrific job with that. Steve Mayer, the uh, chief content uh, CFO for the uh, NHL, does a great job with this. And we saw him last night, Mike, when we were walking out. Guys, I'm sure you've seen pictures. Maybe some of you have been in the, the stadium. It looks phenomenal. They've done a great job. And I think it's going to be even better, Mike. We talked about this last night, that it is a nighttime game. I mean, it's yeah. going to look great, uh, you know, even if it were the daytime. But last night when they put the, uh, you know, the sun went down and they put the lights on, it just lit up. It's going to look great. Yeah. First of all, thanks to Jeremy for reminding all Minnesota fans that St. Louis got a Winter Classic before them. <laughs> I did that on purpose. Yeah. Well, well deserved. Uh, what is it like covering a Winter Classic, Jeremy? <laughs> uh, what's it like covering a Stanley Cup winner, Jeremy? Gonna, oh, you stole my joke. I was going to say Stanley yeah. Cup final there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like Jeremy, Jeremy is one of our athletic writers that has actually worked longer than most of us uh, on every single year. I remember talking to you during that Stanley Cup run and and it, it felt like you were never, ever going to get a day off. And then when, you, when your team, I wouldn't know this as a longtime beat writer, but when the team you cover actually wins the Stanley Cup, your job doesn't end right with the postmortem. You then have to cover the whole Stanley Cup uh, like ceremony, the parade, the, all the Stanley Cup deliveries to everybody's houses. Um, it, training camp happens and Jeremy basically didn't have a day off. So what is that like? Tell every Minnesota fan here what it is like to have a Stanley <laughs> Cup awarded to the team you cover. I don't want to do that. We're rubbing it in. You guys are great fans, right? You guys deserve a Stanley Cup. Uh, Minnesota, I love coming to Minnesota. Terrific fans. But it is funny that I would tell Mike, uh, hey, I got a scoop. The Blues are going to host the Winter Classic. I'm going to write the story right now. It'll be up at the Athletic. You're getting a Winter Classic. Give me a break. Yeah. You know, and then I call him. I say, hey, Mike, they're get the Blues are getting in the all-star game he goes oh my goodness and you know then the stanley cup final so no the stanley cup final was a, a terrific run i'll never forget this as long as i live uh, you know in terms of being a sports writer the blues win in boston game seven i'm in boston they kick us out of the press box a lot of blues fans we got a few of them here today they tried to go to the bars in boston after the stanley cup win and the boston bar owners shut the door in their face and said no nope, we're closing the, it was a ghost town that night in boston after game seven uh, but I went back to the hotel and I wrote the article until about seven in the morning, never went to sleep, and then did radio the rest of the day and flew back to St. Louis. So 
as Mike says, it doesn't end, but it's a good thing. Obviously, uh, everybody here in Minnesota would love to have a, a complete summer full of reading Mike stories at The Athletic about where guys are taking the Stanley Cup and how it's popping up all over town, so I can't wait for that. Yeah, yeah it would absolutely be cool. So uh, Jeremy and I have been up all night just uh, preparing for this podcast, uh, meticulous notes, as you can see. Um, I still can't believe I uh, walked here from the Marriott. So I was, uh, oh, by the way, we're, so next week, um, I did a bunch of mini podcasts uh, the last couple days with um, you know, Kenny Albert and Darren Pang and Keith Jones and Jamie Hirsch. And today I did, so I- Look at this name dropper. So, this guy's a name dropper. Well, that's going to be all, the reason why I'm mentioning it is because that's going to be next week straight from the source. Today is, today is straight from the source. So I want everybody to know that, but I go over to the Westin today to go do Mike Rupp's uh, podcast and uh, I get there and I'm like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> forgot the recorder. So then I had to run back to my hotel. Already pissed off that all the skyways are closed. So I had to first uh, pull off my gloves, uh, unthaw my fingertips, and bash the city of Minneapolis for that. Then I went back, got the recorder, and went back to the Westin. Um, and so I was super late here, ran, ran back there, changed, got my stuff, and decided that I was going to walk here. And about halfway here, I was like, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> so. This guy's crazy. No, he, he, he knows everybody in the league. I told Mike years and years ago that... Uh, I, w I just want to introduce him at the Hall of Fame when he goes into the Hall of Fame wing. It, it's phenomenal. Right. You, you know, you talk to him. <laughs> yeah, let's hear it for Mike for a second, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's crazy. Sometimes, uh, you know, he'll say, uh, you know, I'm going to Koivu's house, and Garen just called me, and, you know, right, Kaprizov's uh, doing a photo shoot and stuff like that. And I'm like, Mike, I just took my kid, to, you know, up to the store. to, <laughs> You know, I, I took him to his baseball practice. Meanwhile, he's written 40 stories, so he does a lot. You guys are... Uh, awesome to have them. The one thing I do say about the name dropping, though, is sometimes I'll write down a bunch of famous names on a piece of paper, and when Mike walks, I'll drop them behind him. Like he's actually, he's actually <laughs> That's dropping good. them. By the way, we have a microphone up here, and if you want to ask a question during the podcast, uh, feel free to come on up. Um, you know, Jeremy, as you can tell, we've known each other a long time. In fact, Jeremy and I were probably the fifth and sixth hockey writers at The Athletic, which boggles my mind that we each had the courage to do that. Uh, so we went through the recruiting process together. We started the same day, September 5th on tw 2017 um, at The Athletic. Um, and it's, uh, it's pretty neat that we, that we did this together. Left awesome jobs at the Strib and the uh, St. Louis Dispatch. In fact, the last time I was in Fulton, was the 100-year celebration of the Star Tribune. It was outside. I was sitting with Lavelle and Neil III and, and uh, Sid Hartman. This place has expanded incredibly uh, since then. And then um, a couple days later, I decided, you know, why leave a, why stay at a paper that's been around 100 years? Let's go to a startup. <laughs> Hopefully it worked out. I don't know how many athletic subscribers we have out here. Anybody? Uh, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Theathletic.com slash straight from the source. Yeah. Thanks for the, uh, the tea up here. Seriously, thank you guys so much. Yep. You know, I never get tired of saying thank you to uh, the subscribers and the support that we get. It, it means a ton. When you sit down and write a story, you know that uh, passionate hockey fans out there are going to be reading it. It really makes, uh, makes it fun to sit down and write the story. Yep, yep. First question. Here we go. Hey, uh, cheers to you guys. Thanks Th for being awesome. Thanks, the Athletic Mr. is tremendous. We love it. Um, I just wonder for each respective team, if you think about the guys that are out right now that each team is going to miss the most, and who are you most excited to see coming in to replace? Thanks. Well, I mean, I, I, uh, I mean, Yul Erickson Eck is uh, obviously, to me, the, the big one that's out of the wild lineup tonight, um, and, that, and for probably the foreseeable future. Um, 
you know, we don't know yet about Jonas Bourdain. Basically, the deal with Jonas Bourdain is, is interesting. So, so he is technically clear of the five-day protocol, but then there's, he had to get tested this morning. And depending on, like, if he's at all positive, like, what the levels are of the virus in there, I don't know all the science in there. And I can tell you, Billy Garrett and Dean Evison definitely don't. Because, uh, and, and even the league people that I've asked is like, I don't freaking know. So I think we're going to just be surprised if when we see if Brodeen's uh, essentially taken off COVID protocol later. So that obviously, if Brodeen doesn't play, I'd probably throw him up there. But not having Yule Erickson Eck out there when you have guys like Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko out there, that's going to be uh, just, just, I think, a real trouble for the wild in a, in a, in a, span right now where they're just dealing with incredible adversity how about you guys so erickson x out you guys right spurgeon's out and brodine might be out right yep we'll Here, see let me go over the list of the blues players that are out today that's it yeah yeah so there you go that's it <laughs> that's it no it's it's been crazy they've gone through a, a lot of COVID issues like anybody else but in the past two games, they got three forwards back a couple games ago, Robert Thomas, David Prawn, Jordan Cairo. And today they're going to get Oscar Sundquist back. And uh, also they could get uh, Ivan Barbashev. Well, they will get Ivan Barbashev back, and they could get uh, Braden Shen back and Buchnevich. So, What about James Neal? Uh, James Neal, you know, I think even if he's healthy, he, he's not in the lineup, so it doesn't, doesn't matter there. That's but, uh, yeah, it's going to be a healthy Blues team today. Yeah. By the way, I think my battery-operated socks are absolutely on fire right now. I might have to unplug them just for a second. <laughs> just uh, sorry about this uh, subtle little unplug right now. Did you just complain about the walk over yeah. here and you have batteries in your socks? <laughs> I know, I know. It looks like I have an echo, like a, one of those EKG things right now, but I got to, like, I, I think, honestly, something might be catching fire down there. So uh, let's do that. Probably right. pump Starbucks Unplugged. into your blood there. or something. <laughs> yeah, it could be that, too. Um, so, uh, sorry, a little distracted. That was weird. Um, like I, got, I think what happened was is that I decided to not only go with the battery-operated socks, but put the toe warmers in. And I think that I'm having a reaction down there that could be potentially catastrophic. How do you guys deal with um, this guy? Uh-oh, this is not good. Uh-oh. Yeah, so Breaking K news here yeah, at the Athletic So, Kalen Podcast. Addison was recalled from the taxi squad. So, um, this obviously could mean that Brodeen is not playing. As you could. Yep. You're watching a live tweet here. Yep, there you go. So, can you throw that on uh, our briefs? <laughs> we have like 50. Th By the way, did you do that? This is going to be an, uh, like one of those inside baseball things. Did you do the lead to our yeah, little yeah. thing? All right, good. Yeah. By the way, we have a live block on The Athletic today that, thank God, uh, has apparently started because uh, I forgot to do the lead and I texted Jeremy during my Mike Rupp. Uh, catastrophic incident where I didn't have my recorder there, and I said, "You gotta, you gotta get do that lead." So there you go. <laughs> Question. First, I got a first. I have a comment for you. You know, uh -oh. thanks for the diss on my Halloween decorations. I even got the Halloween still on. Oh, nice, oh, nice. Wow. Did I diss you on that? Yeah, Carp's mom. You dissed my whole house decorations. Oh. Come on now, come on now. <laughs> that that, that oh. is Carp's mom. Carp is super famous. Uh, Co-host the the Rask cast. Um, uh, my question for you guys is, um, which team do you think has an advantage playing outside, or do you think there's certain players that are going to be have an advantage being outside and playing in the cold versus others? Thanks, Jeremy. Yeah, I don't. I don't see how anybody could have an advantage in this. This is just nuts. You know, the thing that I'm curious about is, you know, both equipment teams uh, are are, are going to help out the players 
with the different types of warmers and extra yeah. clothing. But right, you guys know what it's like to play in cold weather. Uh, you know, probably after 10 minutes, you're taking some of it off, right? Because you get hot and sweaty. And, and so that's kind of a curiosity to me. I say the guy who's going to have the most luck in this cold weather is because he's from Siberia, Vladimir Tarasenko. Uh -huh. if, if you can play in Siberia, you can play in this stuff. All right. So the, the Wild fans will remind you that Kirill Kaprizov is from Siberia as well. There you go. So there you go. Um, same agent. Uh, as well, uh, Jeremy and I had the just, you know, incredible experience of dealing with Paul Theophanis uh, in the last couple months. So that was uh, always as fun as well. Um, you know, to, to get to that point, though, it is going to be really, it, to me, the goaltending is the most interesting thing here. Because I was, I was doing this podcast that everybody will hear next week with Darren Pang. And he said the big thing is, like, if the wind gets in your eyes at any point. Like, you know, even the starting goalies, are, he thinks they're going to be fine. You know, that first puck you might take to the glove might, might sting you pretty good. But he said the problem is, like, if you get that wind coming in your eyes, it could screw you up for a while. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's going to be one of the uh, interesting things. Cam Talbot is experienced in this. He's, he's played yeah. in one, but this is his fourth. And he got a shutout. He's one of four NHL goalies that got a shutout. So I've already jinxed him there. <laughs> um, so we'll, uh, we'll see that. But it really is going to be... Uh, fascinating. A lot of them, they've gotten the, the full, uh, you know, headgear. Some of them have this uh, local cream, this warm cream that's based here in Minnesota, warm skin or something like that. I know I keep on getting it wrong. Um, there's a company here called WSI uh, Sports that uh, I guess uh, Rogers, Aaron Rogers and Mahomes wear their stuff and, and you know, swear by that and all that. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's going to be... For the first time, they're going to allow heaters, yeah. like in the penalty boxes between the benches. That's stuff they never allowed before. Yeah. Hey, and what do you guys think about this? I saw the Blues put out a tweet today that said they're getting some help from the Green Bay Packers. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Another and, reason not to like the Packers. Yeah, and so I, I believe... Did they explain the reason for that? So yeah. uh, basically the way I understand it is that the Green Bay Packer um, equipment guy has really helped out both teams and had conference calls and kind of yeah. how do you deal with warm, you know, cold weather climates and things like that. And I think the Blues equipment staff has a relationship with them. Nice. Um, any other questions? Do you want to come on up? You got a line or no? So I um, wanted to ask you about uh, covering Ryan O'Reilly. I got to cover Cal O'Reilly. I got to um, you know, uh, chat with his parents who are just incredible people as well when Cal was here, um, did that really cool story on Cal and his whole family life. Um, what is it like covering Ryan? Because, you know, he has just developed into just a tremendous player, never takes penalties, uh, you know, just out there for every situation, um, but scores too. You know, everybody sometimes used to think of him as this sort of, you know, two-way guy, but he's a guy that could pile up points every single night. Yeah, he's a guy who had a tough reputation. I think he had the offer sheet situation in Colorado. Then he goes to Buffalo, and they don't win, and people think that it's Ryan O'Reilly's fault. Uh, they, they don't give him the C. They give it to Jack Eichel. What does Ryan O'Reilly do? He comes to St. Louis and, and wins the Stanley Cup. But uh, watching him in practice every single day, Mike, you'd have appreciation for this. What he does is he's out there 30 minutes early, and he stays 30 minutes late. And when he stays 30 minutes late, he's got two first, second, third year players that stick with yeah. him. And they're, they're emptying the buckets and going through all the drills and, and doing everything. So he's a guy that uh, definitely everybody gravitates to, a great captain. And the Athletic, they said, hey, listen, find one guy. We we're talking about this earlier, uh, taking the Stanley Cup to your hometown. The Athletic said, pick one guy and follow him to his hometown. And I don't, so I went to uh, 
Ryan O'Reilly's hometown of Seaforth, Ontario, and what a blast. I mean, I'm, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, so to go to this small town in Canada and just everything shut down for the day as Ryan went through the main street with his cup and uh, they, they had the fire uh, truck and everything, just awesome to see that all these people who meant something to him and, and his community be able to celebrate that. So Ryan, Ryan's been great. It's, it's funny they say that he has got the two or three uh, you know, first-year guys next to him or second or third-year guys because you know everything you were saying there reminded me of Kaprizov, and Kaprizov's been in the league for two years. Like Kaprizov is out there early, he's late, but you could tell how many players want to play with him. They don't leave the ice. They want to play with him when practice is over and, and see what he's doing and all that stuff. That guy is a true, true rink rat. Um, you know, and, and it's probably going to be why he's going to be in a tremendous hockey player. At least it didn't take him a while to get over here, right? Yeah, I know, exactly. Guys, uh... <laughs> he basically is a veteran at this point, right? I think I mean, you were getting paid by the Kaprizov story there for I a know. while. It definitely <laughs> ran my uh, life at The Athletic for a while. Now there's always something next. Um, what do you think of the – obviously, COVID has taken over our world. It's, it's turned all of our lives upside down. We're all getting COVID fatigue. It's definitely played havoc, wreaked havoc on the, on the NHL this year. I mean, this is just no Olympics. World Juniors canceled. Um, you know, hopefully just postponed, and they figure out a way to play it at a later date. But, um, you know, from a Minnesota Wild perspective, it is killing their schedule right now. And they have, are like the only team in the league that hasn't had a COVID outbreak. Yeah. They've had four games postponed due to other teams' outbreaks. And now they've had three games postponed due to – four games postponed due to attendance problems in those cities. Um, and now they're going to – you know, the Wild already, I think, have the most games in the league in March. They're going to jam in these games in February. Um, and, and for a team that was rolling along, it's, it's just killed them. So it's become a hot button topic here. How, how big of a issue is this for the league and how worried you are that we are going to be like covering this season, like in September? Yeah, I hope not. This is the wild's first game in how long? Uh, 12 days. 12 they played days. two in like 19. They haven't won since December 9th. They've yeah, only played four times since. I think the blues have played one game in 10 or 11 days. So yeah, it's been pretty similar. You know, you, you guys know the story. It's just been difficult. You know, the weirdest thing, Mike, is uh, for years and years and years, you cover the league. You look on the schedule. There's a game. You know it's going to be played. Now I wake up, and you have no idea if the game's going to be played. Yeah. And with the Blues, they've gone through a situation where they had to dress uh, a few skaters less uh, on, on occasion. Finally, I think the league has wisened up. They have the taxi squad. You're able to call up a guy who makes less than a million dollars to fill in. To me, that would have made more sense a couple months ago. You had Blues players, I'm sure maybe other teams have gone through it too, where uh, the guys are playing hurt. Robert Thomas is out there playing hurt just because they're shorthanded. It's no good for the players. And so, you know, I know it's, it's difficult to deal with. The entire league's dealing with it. Um, but I think it was the right call not to go to the Olympics because uh, a lot of trouble over there. Plus, they're going to need that time to make up these games. Mm-hmm. No, no doubt about it. Question. So, two, two questions. Uh, why did the Blues get a warm-up game before the Winter Classic a couple days ago? And then for Jeremy specifically, outside of Vegas and Seattle, what are your favorite venues to visit? Yeah, so uh, with the Blues, that game was on their schedule, and they saw no reason to cancel it. Edmonton was able to cross the border and come over. You know, there was the border kind of shut down prior to Christmas, so that was kind of a question to me. You know, how was Edmonton able to do it? But I guess, you know, everything was fine, so they came and played. Uh, so I think there is a little bit of advantage there for the Blues to have played a game just a couple days ago. They looked pretty good uh, as well. And then in terms of cities, anybody out here travel the league, get to different places? 
It's, uh, it's something else. It, it, you know, it's part of the, the great part of the job. Um, a place that I love to watch a game, Mike, what about you? Calgary? Yeah, I love Calgary. I love Calgary. Yeah. One of the reasons, and don't tell any people associated with the Blues organization this, but it is cold, obviously, in the rink. But Calgary has the flames up in the ceiling. Yep. And whenever the flames score, it, it just heats up. They burst, and it warms you up. It's great. So secretly, every time the Blues played there, I was like, come on, Aginla, just <laughs> put one in. You know, I did warm up a little bit. So don't tell the Blues that. Well, the, that must have been the wild strategy against Aginla for years <laughs> because, holy crap, was he, a, was he a destroyer of yeah. the Minnesota Wild. But then my ever, other favorite place is uh, Nashville. I know people uh, probably go there for different reasons than hockey. Uh, but as I get older, what I love, Mike, is convenience. And you can take a tennis ball and hit the rink, the bar, and the hotel with that tennis ball. That's what I like. All right next to each other. Yep. Um, I was just looking up. Edmonton, I, I, I'm, like, they suddenly stink. Oh, yeah. Like, it's crazy. Um, like, are they ever going to get, freak, like, defense? Stop hawks? <laughs> anything? No, I don't think so. And they probably need to send McDavid and Drysaddle down to the A or something. Maybe to the uh, Minnesota Wild. <laughs> yeah. Trade him for a couple picks or something. Um, I'm just looking up there. Like last night, I was when we were at, we were watching NHL Network, and I just wanted to see what their schedule is like. But it is it is just crazy. But in terms of the warm up game, I mean, the Wild had a had a game scheduled against Winnipeg, and that was just that was just postponed. That one surprised me because. They still had fans, so they were going to be able to pack the joint. And the Wild were going to take a test that morning, and that test was going to get them back the same day. So it just to, to just add another postponed game, um, it just seems just ridiculous. And, the, yeah, the Oilers have lost now, what, seven of the last nine. Absolutely uh, brutal. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Any other questions here? We got a packed house. Got to be people. Here we go. You're dressed for the uh, elements. Oh, yeah. So I got a comment and then a question for each of you. Uh, and these are all coming from the soda pod. Uh, first. There's no promoting the, other podcasts on this pod. One, one of the greatest beer names ever that I'm drinking Brandon, right we now. we got to cut that. Yarimer Lager. A check. <laughs> oh, my God. That incredible, Fulton. Thank you. Uh, so, Russo, for you, over under, if you're setting the line in Vegas on how many coffees you're crushing today. Um, a lot because the machine is right behind what Jeremy. I don't and I think said. Vegas will take that. Yeah, um, I'd say over under. Let's see. I'm at uh, one, two, three, four, six now. Um, what time is it? That seems excessive. <laughs> Jesus. And uh, what's going to come first, your Hall of Fame and, ceremony uh, or your funeral? Yeah, right. <laughs> Neither, by the way. Um, so, uh, hmm. I'll go over under. I'm at six. I'll go eleven. 11. Uh, yeah. g- give me 10 and a half or 11 and a half? Uh, 10 and a half. <laughs> All right, 10 and a half. Yeah, I'm taking the, at, I'm smashing at the some over. Point I'm going to tell Jeremy. <laughs> I am known to tell friends of mine to be like, don't let me have another. 
right. so, I sit next um, to him at the so, game and there's like seven or eight <laughs> cups so I can count. It really is. Was Last, yesterday it was ridiculous. It wasn't coffee. I had like seven bottles of water. I was telling this story. So Steve Ludzik, who was an assistant coach with the Florida Panthers when I covered them, we'd be working in the press room before the game and Steve would come in in that two and a half hour span before the game. He'd come in like seven different times to get a coffee. And I finally asked one of the equipment guys one day, I'm like, does Steve drink like seven coffees before the game? He goes, no, he'll like get a coffee, put it down, forget where he put it and just go get another one. I'm like, well, how many times are people actually playing a practical joke on him and throwing away his coffee? And he goes, well, that's probably more, more likely what's going on is that he's not losing the, where he put the coffees in their small little space. It was just, you know, all that type of stuff. So, all right. Yeah. And now yeah. for Jeremy, would you put the over under at 0.5 or 1.5 for fights that Bennington tries to start tonight? Oh, my goodness. Ah. <laughs> what a little baby that Jordan Bennington is. <laughs> what's everybody think about Bennington? What do Wild yeah. fans think, huh? Yeah. I mean, wild fans watch Bennington try to fight Dubnik like 10 different times. So. <laughs> no, it's been something. I think a, a couple weeks ago, I, I called my editor before the Blues played and I said, hey, listen, I'm not going to write tonight. I've written a couple stories lately. There's really nothing to write. So unless something happens during the game, I'm not going to write. And then, of course, Jordan Bennington has to go WWF again and I get to write after the game. So. I don't know. I, I don't get it. I talked to his agent, Mike Liud, a couple days ago, and he said he just feels like he has to, you know, have a pulse for the team and what's going on. If they need something, he's going to add to it. But, yeah, that uh, that episode with Dubnik was something else. Yeah, so. I was, years and years and years ago, I was sharing a cab to the, um, to the Marine Midland Arena or whatever it was called. I think that's what it was called then, uh, in Buffalo. And so I'm, I'm taking, I get, it's like, man, it's probably four or five games left in the regular season. And I'm share a share cab with Sean Burke and, um, we're driving the morning skate and he starts telling me, he's like, yeah, he goes, my, my hips just killing me. Um, this is going to be my last game of the season. And so I'm like, all right, scoop, here we go. He goes, I think I'm going to go out fighting tonight. I'm I'm going to get in a fight. And I, I like laugh. And I'm like, he's like, no, seriously, I lead the league in fights since I've been in the league or something. I'm like, oh, really? And I'm like, uh, you know, that was back. You can't just Google it. So I just took his word for it. <laughs> anyway, forget about it. First period happens. Vaslav Varada comes skating through, like within, not even through the crease, within like five feet of the crease. Just doing a flyby, but nothing like sinister like Vaslav Varada was used to do, like used to do. Vaslav was a dirty, dirty, dirty player, I think. But anyway, um, all of a sudden, Burke skates out of him and just loses his <laughs> mind. And, ju- and he gets himself ejected from the game. And sure enough, he goes out fighting and doesn't play oh the rest of the season. And then Kirk <laughs> McLean came in and won like three in a row. So, uh, it, What was that over-under? It was 1.5 on yeah. how, how, punches or fights? Or? Uh, no, fights for how many fights he's going to start tonight. Uh, okay, I'm going to yeah. take the over. I'm yeah. going over. Let, yeah, let's I have would, a fight at the Winter Classic. Yeah, yeah. Def- that would be that? something. Hey, real quick. Hey, Cam Talbot was in the... Uh, yeah. in the uh, Battle of Alberta fight with Mike Smith a couple years ago, so he could take care of himself. Real quick, over-under story. I'll be quick. I wrote a story about the uh, hot dogs in Montreal. Of course, when you weigh close to 300 pounds, you got to write about hot dogs, right? <laughs> so uh, they have them in the press box, and they're phenomenal. They grill the bun. The hot dog's great. So, I, so I, overrated. Oh, no, it's not. So I wrote a story about it. And uh, I talked to a bunch of teams and players and coaches and equipment managers, and I think it was the Anaheim equipment manager. He said that... Uh, they played a prank on one guy on the staff, and they said, we're going to act like we're eating all these hot dogs and having a contest tonight, and we're going to mark them on the dry erase mm-hmm. board, but he doesn't know that we're not really eating this many. Let's just go up there. So every, they'd go up and do you know, fake hot dog number one, two, three. They'd say, hey, buddy, you better catch up. So this equipment guy for Anaheim Ducks, 
he legit eats nine or ten of these hot dogs thinking he's going to win this contest and then barfs on the plane ride uh, <laughs> out of Montreal. Ugh, that is gross. Yeah, There you go. Blues question, I assume. Question for both of you. Uh, so I was listening to your friends on 101 yesterday, uh, and they were debating whether or not tonight, even though it's going to be negative uh, 20, is it a statement game? It's a first and second place team. What can you take away from it from a win or a loss, if anything? And then second question when you're done with that is trade deadlines a while away, but what do both teams need? Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Center. It's been my answer for 17 years, center. And this is the year to do it. This, I mean, this is the year to do it. You got a window. This team's good enough. First of all, they're without Erickson Eck right now. I don't, need, I don't think you have to do it imminently. But, I mean, this is the year to do it uh, because the, the cap gets squeezed here the next little bit. You're going to have to use a lot of guys on entry-level deals. And I think this is the year to do it. Yeah. I don't know who to go get, but it's easier said than me, but that's why I don't make Bill Guerin's salary. Blues have a lot of centers. Who do you want? I mean, close to Bill Guerin's salary. (laughs) What about the statement game? Yeah. What do you think? Is this, he asked, is this a statement game? I don't know. I mean, statement game, it's the first game of, like, to me, the statement games are going to be down the stretch when they play each other all the time. I mean, the the Wild haven't still gone to St. Louis, and it must not be anytime (laughs) soon because I haven't even thought about booking a trip to St. Louis yet. (laughs) Unlike Jeremy, that need, like, Jeremy needs a winter classic to come to Minnesota. I actually go to those regular season games in St. Louis. Mike, do blame me, it's minus nine degrees. Yep. And by the way, uh, I did just confirm that Jonas Brodin is out. He's out. Yep. Uh. Yep. Yep. Let me, uh, as far as a statement I don't game, know why I didn't send that text a minute, like 30 minutes ago. I decided, I'm like, you know, I should probably just confirm this. Yep. <laughs> but to answer your question, I don't, I don't think it can be really. I mean, it's minus 50. Uh, the Wilder without a lot of key players, right? The Wild haven't played in a long time. The Blues have just played the one game. And, and to me, you know, you can call this a, a real game, but I think Colton Pareko said it yesterday. Every stoppage in play, you're looking up and looking around. It's just not normal. So even if one team won tonight six to nothing, you know, I don't think it's the type of game where you can say, yeah, that's who they are and that's who they are. So I think that'll be determined down the stretch. And then in terms of trade deadline, I still think the Blues are going to need to add defense. I realize that the defense is playing well right now and has at times, but to me, they still need kind of a guy who can uh, jump in that top four and, and help out, so we'll see. Yeah. You got any defense to help out with? You want to send Brodine to St. Louis? Remember uh, earlier in this season when I was convinced the Wild are going to get Bertuzzo? Yeah. Remember that? It was last summer. Um, and uh, that obviously didn't happen. The Wild wound up signing Merrill and, and uh, Jordy Ben. Um, Too bad they didn't sign Prosser. You could have done another oh Prosser my God. story. Uh, you know what? A little scoop. There might be a Prosser story coming up here in the next <laughs> little bit, actually. Um, what else do you want to talk about, Jeremy? What else do you want? Anybody here, ask a question while I send out this tweet. Somebody come on up. Whoever comes on up gets a beer on me. Oh, look at that. There you go. There we go. Yeah, there coming. we go. You came yeah. to the, uh, you came, that, you did come to the podcast a couple days ago, right? Did you come to the podcast a couple, talk in the mic. Okay. Somebody that looked identical he to looks, you. He looks thirsty. Yep. yep. So go the for athletic, it. Here. So the athletic gives you a blank check. What beat or uh, sport do you cover rather than the one you're currently covering? Wow. Well, I will answer this right now. Not none. I would, like, Jeremy and I could attest to the fact. So Jeremy and I really worked on a really cool story last night. Jeremy, talk for a second so I can send out this freaking tweet. Oh, he's talking about the story. If you guys uh, get a chance, it was kind of cool. You know, the players, they went out on the ice last night for their family uh, skate. 
and we set it up, Mike and I did with each of our teams. Hey, as soon as you take a picture, you and your family, text us. So we got a string of photos, if you guys haven't seen it yet, of uh, Wild and Blues players out there with their family. So that's the, the story that he's referencing. Yeah. A lot of fun to put together. But Mike, answer his question. You, uh, well, I mean, to me, um, like that's, that's, that's why, is that we were able to work on that story so seamlessly yesterday. Like what sport, what professional team can you text 20 players the, like a day or two before and say, and wives, and say, hey, can you send me a flood of photos of family? And he was sitting next to me, so he saw my phone like literally lock up. So just to give you an example, so like I send out rapid fire the night before to like 20 guys, like can you send me photos of your family day, videos of your family day. Jeremy and I want to do this really cool like photo diary, but make it yours. So essentially you're writing our story for us. And, and I saw the text. A lot of them said, F off. You wrote a bad story about me last season. Uh, uh, Victor Rass didn't take part. Uh, so, um, <laughs> the, uh, so um, Rasscast just left. Just walked out of the bar right now. Um, so, so you send that. And Kyle then, Quincy I, just and left I too. didn't send any like, friendly reminder. You, know, you said you'd do this. And the second, I mean, the second they were off the ice for the family skate, my phone erupted with countless videos and pictures and things like that. You can't do that covering Kirk Cousins and Harrison Smith. You can't do that covering Cat. You can't do that covering, you know, guys on the Twins. I can't think of one. Um, name, here you go. <laughs> name a twin. Buxton. You, can't, you probably could do it with Buxton. He seems like a nice guy. Actually, Cat, I will tell you this. I, I know a lot of stuff about Cat. Cat uh, is an incredible human being. Um, but but that, my point is, is that those, like, there's still something about at the NHL that is so different. We, you know, Jeremy and I hung out with Mike Rupp last night. And, you know, and I don't, that's really the first time you probably ever really met him, right? Yeah. And, I mean, and we were talking about it during the thing. Like, this is a different sport. You know, like, you could sit there and text anybody in the NHL and they're probably getting back to you. Um, and so that's why I would never, ever cover another sport. I, I actually said to our editor last night, Sarah, Sarah Goldstein, I said, this is why I cover the NHL. You know, this story at first w sounded to me like it was going to be really, really difficult to piece together. And thank goodness Sarah Goldstein is the one that took control of doing it because she's an incredible editor. But the fact that it turned out to be the easiest story I've probably written in years yeah. because all I had to do is write a couple words and then just fill it in with a bunch of their pictures. I mean, one of the, uh, like, and th there's another thing. Two of the players that are big players on the team texted me first thing this morning, like, great job with the story. Uh, when do you get yeah. that? You know, like, like I, if I, I wrote a feature on a player over Thanksgiving that sent me, like, the nicest voice memo about the story, like a minute and a half voice memo. You don't do that. You don't get that in covering the NHL in any other sport other than the NHL. I think he just grew a playoff beard for, during your answer. I know. Well, that's the, usually people uh, grow playoff beards reading my articles. But but I will say this. So it's last like night when 4, we're leaving, thousand words again. We're leaving the baseball stadium and heading over to the place uh, with Mike Rupp. Uh, Mike gets a text, and what's Bukesed's uh, wife's name? Um, uh, Jackie. Jackie. So he gets a text and she sent him a couple more pictures for this story. And so you're, I'm in the passenger seat just minding my own business and he's hitting his dashboard. 
Tax, Jess, Jackie, Bookstead, beautiful picture. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> Uh, uh, and then, and then that's the funny thing. And then, like a minute later, they must have all been together. And then a minute later, Janine Bukestead texted me uh, with the picture, and Janine's the mom. So I send it. Oh. I send it to Sarah Goldstein, uh, who's putting it all together. And she goes, um, and I said hey, another another picture from the Bukesteads. <laughs> and then she goes to me that that that's a different woman. And then I look and I realize it wasn't it, that the first was from Jackie or the first was from Nick from Jackie. Oh. The second was the mom. So, yeah. so it was just, uh, yeah, it is always funny the but way that works. Just to give you my quick answer is, uh, you know, I would probably stay in the NHL. Like you said, it's just such a great community. Yeah. People are, are really good to you. Uh, but put me in the sun somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, there was a kid years ago. I won't say his name, young sports writer that he, I took, he, he was like, I, I'd love, uh, Man, I'm actually getting heated thinking about this fucking story. So um, this young sports writer, he's like, hey, really respect you. Can you kind of, um, you know, can we go have lunch? And, and it was actually here in Minnesota. Um, can we go have lunch and, you know, tell me, give me some tips on how to do it. I'm like, oh, yeah. I like, like for a sports writer that started at 15 years old at a major daily, I am always willing to give back to young, ki young kids that want to do this, this job. So I meet with this kid. And the first thing that he said to me pretty much ended our little coffee. Uh -oh. He goes, you know, I really, you know, I love the NHL, but I really want to cover something big. And this was a professional sports writer at this point. Like, I want to, I want to get to cover a big sport. And I'm like, all right. And then right away, I just let him know right, that was the wrong thing to say to me. Um, you know, for somebody that's been doing the NHL for years that have had ample opportunities to go cover other sports... You know, I, I don't look at the NHL as being this little low man on the totem pole. Like, I get it. I know where they are in the landscape. You know, Vikings are king. Twins still are the thing in, in the summertime. But it's still like, you know, this is a pretty cool freaking sport. And if you want to be a sports writer, you know, first of all, you say yes to everything the second you get in. They tell you to cover a cross-country meet, you do it. They sell, tell you to cover tiddlywinks, you do it. You volunteer for everything. But the, the job, like especially young kids today, I think they want to get from here to here immediately. They want to be CEO of the company immediately. And so I always get really passionate about people that say, you know, I want to get to, I want to be the, the NFL guy. Um, and and you, know, you know who's a good example is, is like Dan Mizzitani. Dan is a jack, he's the Pioneer Press writer. He's a jack of all trades. He does everything for the Pioneer Press. He basically is their backup Vikings writer. So he is the, you know, covering the big team in town. But he's the full-time wild writer, and he doesn't think any less of that yeah. part of his job. And it's why he's going to be huge in this business for a long, long time. And, he, and he's getting good at covering everything. He's absolutely versatile. Where you take a dinosaur like me right now and say, go cover the Twins. 20 years ago, I would have been able to do that in a second. Now... I can't do it. Yeah, but I mean, you hear me do radio. Yeah. I, don't, I don't talk about the Vikings or <laughs> I don't... I, purposely cheat and only talk hockey but just think if you were the vikings writer you could go out and write a big story about kirk cousins leading the vikings to a big win this week oh wait a minute yeah 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 wait a minute yeah somebody somebody sent me a great lead for my article today but i won't read it so <laughs> you have to all right so we were we were joking about so Get, right, this get, is going to be funny. Get him so, his beer. Get him his beer. All right. This is, I, and I, I just want people that are listening to this podcast at home to be assured that I have not had any alcohol today. 
So like, so I know that I'm starting to spout off and get things, but I'm just going to say that I'm over-caffeinated but not drunk. So um, we have this thing at The Athletic, again, probably inside baseball that we're not supposed to say, but there's something called trending stories in our Slack channel that basically says that if a story is doing well, it's getting read and blah, 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 that it's trending. There is. I've never yeah. been on it. Are you not on that? <laughs> no, oh, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks to you, I'm on there a lot. So, um, so, uh, and then there's like the trending major cha stories channel, which is like a big, like, wow, feather in your cap. So, so Chad Graff, I noticed this morning, the second I woke up at like 5 a.m., I look at the trending channel and it's lit up. And I'm like, wow, that's really early for something to be trending. And I look and it's Chad Graff's Kirk Cousins story. And so I send out a group text to a bunch of us that are friends with Chad Graff. I'm like, I knew this, this mother effer when he was like, flying to the wrong airports. I'd tell him, like, we'd walk out of a bar and I'd be like, all right, you know, your hotel is a block that way. And then the next day he'd be like, oh my God, I got so lost last night walking <laughs> back. You know, like, so that's Chad Graff. And I'm like, and this guy is now the number one of the 2022, the athletic, like leading the league, or like right now the clubhouse leader in trending stories at the athletics. So that was the joke. Um, so, so I, so the, everybody back started saying that, that, all right, I shouldn't read this, but I'm gonna. That that I should write about Kirk Cousins in my story today oh to make goodness. it to make it trend. Okay, so let me read the the headline of my uh, gamer tonight. Actually, I think I sent it to one of you guys. Did I send it to you? No. All right, let me find this. Here, as we say in the uh, radio podcast world, breathe for a second. So somebody says that my headline tonight should be Wild Win Winter Classic Despite Unvaccinated Kirk Cousins Jeopardizing Entire Minnesota Community. <laughs> <laughs> like, if that is the headline tonight, how many subs do you think that I'm selling today? That'll be trending. That would be, I mean, 500 subs like that, right? But, you, like, and then maybe you just throw in a Kirk Cousins line somewhere in there to make it go with the headline just to sell. Yeah. But helpful, I mean, that, that really is kind of clever. That's awesome. Yep. No, that's awesome. So, a tough situation. Yep. Any other questions here? We're at 50 minutes. Or actually, we're probably about 45. We started uh, fashionably late, almost like Anthony LaPanta is my co-host. <laughs> here we go. How you doing? What's going on? I haven't seen you in a while. I know. It's been a couple of years. How you been? Yeah. Good. <laughs> Good. Elon, um, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, just wondering if the Wild do make a trade for a center, someone like Tomas Hurdle by chance, what would they have to give up to get him? Well, I mean, the first thing is he's a rental, so minimum a first round pick. Um, and probably a prospect, honestly. Like, there's so few top centers right now that are, un, uh, that are, you know, that are pending free agents, potentially. Giroux, maybe. Hurdle, maybe. That's pretty much it. You're going to... Like Doug Wilson or Doug Wilson Jr., hopefully Doug Wilson. Um, but Doug Wilson Jr., who's now running the Sharks right now, I mean, they're going to get a they're going to get a lot, and uh, I think it's it's going to be more than probably. It might break the bank on rentals, honestly. Well, actually, Martin Hans kind of broke the bank. Yeah, that. no, it yeah. broke the bank a while. But Eric Stahl, he available? He is available. So I made the query the other day because to me, it's like, all right, you have these taxi squads, right? You're not, you're not putting Marco Rossi or Matt Boldy or one of those guys on it. Um, you know, really, you don't even want, like, Connor Jur on it. You want that guy playing. So, like, you know, pretty much a taxi squad guy is going to be, like, a guy like Kyle Rao, uh, Dakota Mermis, a Kevin Churchman, somebody like that. But I made the query, like, would you go out and sign? I said, you know, to the person that I sent this to, this might be the dumbest question you've ever gotten in your life. 
but they're skating locally. Would you go and get Dubnik and, and Stahl? And the person that wrote me back is like, it's not a dumb question, but we're not going that way right now. But I actually think that that, if, if I were, I don't know if Eric Stahl wants to make a minor league salary and get his $500 stipend a day, which by the way, isn't a bad little gift bonus. But if I was Eric Stahl, why wouldn't you do that? He showed in Montreal, and maybe he has no opportunities, but he showed in Montreal a couple years ago that he's not beyond, he's not beyond playing the fourth line and you haven't played all year so you don't want your career to be over so you might as well like take something like that up i don't know i think it's something to consider but i don't think the wild are going to be that team so did you text dubnik and stall back and tell them what the wild told you no i didn't do that uh i did not do that i would love to cover those guys again though and especially in that capacity like how cool would it be to just sit in the press box and just listen to eric stall talk hockey yeah or dubnik or dubnik who is the biggest talker in the world just sit there and you know and then he can run quotes for me after the game yeah, yeah no exactly. billy's doing a good job and you know i know i keep throwing it out to the fans here but uh what do you guys think about billy garen he had a cup of coffee with the blues and i really liked him yeah seems like he's done a real good job here right he had a hat trick with the blues yeah yeah they billy, actually billy garen has the most hat tricks in nhl history for the most different teams it's like six i think yeah um look that up uh, actually i'll look that up while uh you get a question. The Blues traded uh, Billy Guerin to San Jose and got a first-round pick and took uh, David Perron with it. So we got something. And back I think that's it. the story. Didn't like that year. Billy had a hat trick for San Jose against St. Louis I and think a so. hat trick for St. Louis against San Jose, yeah. if I remember. Um, but Bill Guerin hat trick at the Athletic. We uh, I don't know if you guys saw this. It was a year or two ago. We we drafted a, a GM, a city, a player. And brought it all together. And my uh, GM I took was, uh, was Billy Guerin. Mike passed up on him, huh? No, I think I got out of that project. Oh, did you get out of yeah, that? Yeah, that was... Yeah. <laughs> or did I? Did, I can't remember. Yeah. A lot of these set pieces, now I'm, I'm like... Honestly, if any of our hires up at the Athletic listen to this, I might lose my job tomorrow. But a lot of those set pieces, I kind of like, you know, I'm really busy um, right now. So um, what's Billy's thing? Does so it, Billy had 10 career hat tricks... Yeah. Kind of, uh, this podcast is either working really well or absolutely sucks because I've gone on like 15 different tangents and had to like stall. Luckily, Brandon's the one that doesn't have to edit this down. Um, all right. So he had a hat trick for New Jersey, Edmonton, Boston, Dallas, St. Louis, San Jose Islanders. So he had seven, he had 10 hat tricks for seven different teams. That's an NHL record. Question. So all this talk about centers, um, my buddy is a huge Rask fan. I was just wondering... When, when is the next RAS contract going to be announced? <laughs> Here, let me see your phone. I'll tweet it. Yeah. Um, According to sources. Next. <laughs> <laughs> That's legit. Like, everybody just figured out the way to shut me up. <laughs> you should have asked that a long time ago. Yeah, I know. I went from long-winded to not very long. So, uh, JR, good to see you. Uh, you too, buddy. Disappointed. Hey, just, uh, just to interrupt, just to be totally like, Victor Rask is a really good guy. Uh, like, I, I don't, I, I, like, I just, you know, it I didn't is, see it that has in, become like, it's almost become like my James Neal uh, thing. Like, I didn't see that in your stories. Like I didn't say Victor Rask, yeah, comma, who's yeah. a great guy, comma, was a minus six last yeah. night. And, and Victor Rask is also very liked on, uh, by a lot of his buddies on that team. So. Yeah, just to add on there, uh, Russo, uh, I was looking at Jay Fresh's uh, advanced analytics on Victor Rask. They're looking pretty good this year. So, yeah, I know. Uh, that's not my question, though. Uh, Another so. reason why analytics are stupid. <laughs> all right, sorry. Right, no, all the smart Ouch. people say that. Anyway, I've won a lot of Stanley Cups on NHL, the video game franchise mode. 
And so I always trade off all the older blues players and like try to make the cup run in like 2025. Where do you see the blues roster going after this? Uh, mainly for J.R. Russo, if you want to chime in, you're welcome to as well, though. J.R.? Well, the, uh, the Scott Stevens, look at that. Holy smokes. Nice. That's hey, great. Actually, let's, let's take a picture of that and send that to him. Turn around. There we go. Did he just name drop again? Yeah, he exactly. sent a text to Scott Stevens. Jeez. Oh. Somebody listening to this podcast is going to know. So I run into this kid in Phoenix, and he's wearing a Heatley jersey. I'm like, and I stop him. I'm like, turn around. And I send it to, I send to Heatley right away. And the kid was so excited when Heatley wrote back. Um, yeah. I should read you the text that Heatley wrote about it. It was like, it was like, you would think from the text back that Heatley runs that account, the Danley Heatley All-Star account. Yeah. No, yeah. at the Blues roster... We were just invited, by the way, to another Winter Classic channel. This oh, cool. Like, it's going to be an interesting day. <laughs> you know, I think the Blues roster, yeah, it's going to you know, look different next year, year after, a little bit different than we anticipate. But this is what a lot of GMs do when they win the Stanley Cup. They want to keep the band together, and so therefore they, they give these guys these uh, six, seven, eight-year contracts to keep that AAV down, and it can either be a good thing or it can be a horrible thing because, I mean, you're going to have the uh, Braden Chens, Justin Fox, Tory Krugs, Jordan Binningtons in their you know mid-30s. And, and so you know, I think if you can win, obviously, and contend like the Blues are doing right now, it looks pretty good. Uh, but uh, the one joke that we have in St. Louis, and I don't know where you're from here or there, but, uh, you know, Doug Armstrong signed all these deals, and he didn't know if he'd gonna, he was going to be around five, six, seven years. Well, now he's signed the five-year extension, so this is the bed that he made, and he's going to have to live with it. It looks pretty good right now. Will it look different in four or five years? We'll see. Any other questions? Uh, we're going to probably wrap up the podcast soon. Uh, Brandon gets paid by the minute. Russo's got to text Gretzky here in a little bit. Hey, what do you think of the new look, the vest? Can't pull it off, right? There's a lot of people that can pull off the vest look. So the truth of this is, is that this is actually a really funny story. You could come up to the mic. So I uh, decide, even though I live 25 minutes from downtown, I got to stay at the Marriott for the, uh, for the Winter Classic. So I pack up all my stuff. I come down to the Marriott. This is all because I don't want to go back and forth to my home during the Winter Classic. And I, uh, I check into Marriott. I meet, re realize right away I forgot a sports coat for today. So I'm like, God darn it. And then I realize I forgot hair gel, brush, toothpaste. Like it was, so yesterday I went to CVS and I just spent an absolute fortune there. And then I'm like, so then I go walk to like the men's warehouse on Nicolette's, no longer there. I drive by our radio station to Joseph Baby, it's no longer there. So then I'm walking yesterday and I pass like a Nordstrom rack and I walk in there and I'm like, instead of buying a sports coat, I'm going to just wear oh this too. So. Anybody got a uh, teenage daughter? Anybody? <laughs> I got a teenage daughter. So I, I, I bought this and I've worn it a couple times. And when I left St. Louis a couple days ago, I was wearing it. And I said to my 12 or 13 year old daughter, I said, so how do I look? She goes, so dad, like nice life preserver. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, do you know your daughter's age? No. Daughter's 12 or 13. I didn't Brandon. say her name because I don't know her name either. Yeah, I know. Let's hope your wife's not listening to this podcast and your daughter, by the way. It's your podcast. I got a, she doesn't. I got a vest today. It's heated with a battery pack. Oh, man. <laughs> Is it, what's the name of the brand? You could give uh, Jeremy the remote control. Yeah, you could, yeah. yeah I know. Hey, by oh, the way, okay. when I leave here, everybody remind me to plug in my socks again. Yeah. Um, what is your, uh, what's the name of that brand, by the way? Oh, I can't even remember. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, oh, we, sorry. maybe I, them as an athletic <laughs> subscriber or a, so, a sponsor. 
Question on the introductions today. They have that uh, ice path, which look awesome, super, um, for a winter classic, super, uh, that should be awesome. So anyways, question it for you. It's amazing. Like the, we, uh, saw, we saw all the rehearsals yesterday, yeah. and it looks spectacular. So first winter classic ever that guys are going to be skating out to the ice on the home team. Blues, we don't care about them. Um, but only the home team are going to do that, so that'll be really, really sweet. And, um, and then the dignitaries that are doing stuff before the game are going to be really cool, too. And I don't want to, even though this podcast will be out after... Oh, no, no, we're, we're hoping to turn this pretty quickly. So I don't want to give away any secrets, but so there's going to be some cool Minnesota sports icons that are going to be at the game today. So the locker rooms are behind home plate, right? So are they going to make the guys walk all the way to center field? Or are they going to cart them out yes. there or what? Uh, they'll walk around. I, I assume they're walking behind the fence down there. And then I, I did this story um, that they realized there were like little parts that were exposed to the fans both on TV and home and they don't want to see the players go into the, the cabin so then they went and secured a bunch of trees and things like that. Any other questions before we wrap up the podcast? Thanks to Fulton for having us out. Any others? Nobody? Jordan? There we go. Oh, he comes. Jack surely has a question. What's up? Okay, I got a couple questions. Yeah. Um, do we know, first of all, what the extent of Eck and Spurgeon's injuries are? And I mean, I'll just. Uh, are they really going to be out? Yeah, I mean, Bill just said a couple weeks. Obviously, that's not, that's more, that doesn't well, sound like a firm timeline. So I'm just going to trust him on that. I will say that the Eck injury, um, the fact that it doesn't require surgery is probably a, a good thing that, you know. It looks like it could have, though. That was it, pretty dirty. Really yeah. Um, the, the next thing I have is. Uh, Jasper Wallstedt. Uh, yeah, is he got? Is there um, regulations with Sweden that he can when he can come over, when he can't come over, um, like they do with all our Russian guys? Yeah, there is actually a deadline. <laughs> like there was a deadline even to sign him that the Wild missed, which isn't a big deal at all. But the Wild did miss it because they probably would have already signed him. Um, but their goal is to get him here for next year. And, um, you know, not necessarily on the wild. I'm saying over here to North America. Um, right now, they just got to get him back to Sweden. Somebody's got to get him back to Sweden. Poor Jesper Wallstad is currently quarantining in a hotel in Red Deer, Alberta. And let me just tell you, I love Red Deer. And then would Capo, would Capo Caco Red be anything worth... Red Deer is not the place you want to freaking quarantine. I'm just telling you. <laughs> would, would Capo Caco be worth anything on the market? I mean, maybe, but I don't. I don't know if you want to. I mean, you're, to me, you're not going to bank everything on like trading Kakinen because Wallstat's either signed or whatever. You know, play him so. against the Blues. He does well yep. against the Blues. Yep. Nice hat. Thank you. Since I, you asked, yeah. Rapid fire. What's your guys' score predictions for tonight's game? Uh, good question. As a, you go first. Score prediction. Oh, score prediction. Yeah. I'll go four two. Who? All right. We're going to do a little fun thing. I'm, I'm going to go 4-2 wild, but then if it's, if it's the blues, I'm saying 4-2 blues, and Jeff Domet's got to edit in the right one. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, we did this prediction a couple days ago at The Athletic, and I said blues, but I want to get out of here safely, yeah. so I'm going to say I will say, say this. So I said blues in our athletic prediction because I was assuming Brodeen. That was before the protocol changed, too. I was assuming Brodeen, Erickson Eck, and, um, and uh, Spurgeon weren't playing. And I just think that's, that's 
for a healthy lineup, as, as Jeremy just said, against a team that's had the Wild's number for the last couple of years. I just think it's going to be awfully hard for the Wild to win today. Um, and now we find out that Brodine is definitely not playing, according to sources. And uh, so, you know, I, th- I just think it's, it's going to be a tough game. But all bets are off in a thing like this. Like, there is going to be – you know that guys like Kaprizov, Zuccarello, Fiala are going to want to show off today. The Wild, when they had the home game here against the Chicago Blackhawks, beat the living crap out of them. They came out like they were shot out of a cannon. If you can't get up for a game like this when you're skating out there under the lights tonight in prime time, nationally televised, I think that changes the, you know, the as we like to say uh, in the newspaper business, like the whole, remember when we used to do our newspaper yeah. uh, predictions and you do like offense, defense, and then the one was intangibles <laughs> and none of, and I always used intangibles in the Star Tribune as, or the Sun Sentinel as like, well, I couldn't fit this somewhere else, so I'm going to put it under intangible. <laughs> but that would be the intangible yeah. tonight. Yeah. Well, my head says that with a full Blues healthy lineup, I, I feel like the Blues can win. But I've enjoyed your guys' company, and I really thank you guys for having me out here today. So yeah. I'm going to go with a 7-6 wild victory. Oh, that'd tonight. be nice. How about that? That'd be nice. That'd be nice. That'd be something. A night what for the would, What would your, uh, your score prediction be if Kakinen was starting? 13 to 1 St. Louis. <laughs> and that's go. not because I don't like them, but have you guys seen the stats against the Oh, Blues? my God. Even in the preseason. Oh, my God. Oh, holy crap. It's crazy. But seriously, yeah. thank you guys. Really, really, so, really uh, appreciate just, it. Yeah. Just real quick, I was in the Marriott elevator right now, and I'm assuming Kakinen's family was in there with me because they were all wearing Kakinen jerseys. No offense, Capo, but I'm just assuming that if you have a Kakinen jersey, you're probably his family member. And uh, I wanted to introduce myself, but I'm just like, these guys <coughs> might not like me. So there's just that slight chance that they do not love me uh, based on some of my game stories from his starts against St. Louis. If, if you did that with everybody like yeah. that, you'd be walking 12 different directions. I know, that is absolutely you. true. Um, <laughs> hey, thanks for Fulton for having us out here. Thanks for, I mean, so many people coming out here. I might, I might tweet a... I might tweet a video of this. Uh, you know in today's world that tweeting a video, though, in this day and age with a bunch of people not wearing masks might get some hate. So just know that you're probably going to be part of my world every single day if you look at the replies of that. And if you're um, supposed to be working today, duck. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, like, oh, I just realized uh, something. Uh, thanks for listening <laughs> to Straight From The Source. Please follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to leave a rating and review. Always a good review, though. We don't accept the bad ones. And right now, get an annual subscription to The Athletic at just $3.99 when you visit theathletic.com slash straight from the source. Straight from the source returns next week with a recap of the Winter Classic with some great guests, including Minnesota's own Jamie Hirsch, Mike Rupp, Darren Pang, Keith Jones, Kenny Albert, hopefully John Hamm. You're going to work that out for me? Yeah. I want to meet John Hamm because of his role in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Nothing else. John Hamm and Curb Your Enthusiasm, brilliant. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year.